0: Greetings. My name is Eric Lane Barnes. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm the director of music here at East Shore, and I am delighted to be with you here this morning. When I was a kid, there seemed to be two lines drawn between groups of people. There were kids, then there was a line, then there were grown-ups, and then there was a line, and then there were old people. I remember when my father turned 40, I was in my 20s, and anyone past the age of 40 seemed ancient. Now that I'm in my 60s, people in their 20s all seem so young. (laughs) But how old am I? I sometimes gasp when I realize that I am in my 60s. I graduated from college in the 80s, and that was just a few years ago, right? No, it was 40 years ago, and I need to lie down. (laughs) But here's the thing, those those lines between kids and grownups and old people, we put them there and we can take them away. For the past five years, I've been spending a lot of time bringing music to numerous senior communities, leading sing-alongs, teaching music appreciation, directing senior choruses. And I tell you this honestly, I have had more fun and I have felt more joy in these past five years than I have at any other time in my life. And, of course, being part of East Chore has been part of that joy as well. What I like the most is when we're together, we are completely in the moment, sharing music with our whole selves, constantly laughing, telling stories, sometimes wiping back tears. We are utterly, completely, absolutely alive. We are all aging, every one of us. And we are always constantly becoming, leaving behind the past moment and blossoming into the next. Let's all step completely into the present moment. Let's look around and see who's with us on this voyage of life, and let's celebrate.
1: Thank you.
2: Since I was 10 or 11 years old, East Shore Unitarian Church has been my spiritual home. In this church, I grew up and am now growing old. The covenant I developed with the guidance of Chad Spring holds true today and gives me purpose in my life. It's a comfortable bed upon which to lay my aging head, beliefs, and affirm my Unitarian faith. The other day, a neighbor at Silver Glen asked me why I was always so chipper. I assured her that I wasn't. She suggested that I do a session through the Wellness Committee at Silver Glen on the power of positive thinking. Of course, it gave us a good laugh. One Saturday morning, not too long ago, I was headed off to the church men's breakfast, and I thought about her comment. The more I thought about it, the more I remembered my wonderful mother-in-law's favorite joke about the optimist and the pessimist. In which a scientific lab was testing optimistic and pessimistic children as part of a study. The children were labeled O or P. The first trial, they had P walk into a room filled with every toy a child could ever dream of having. Then they closed the door. Simultaneously, they put O into a room filled with horse manure, and closed the door. After four hours, they opened P's door and found the child bereft, sitting in the middle of the room crying. When asked why he was crying, he bawled out, Here I was expecting a lot of fun, but every toy I played with broke. This is really lame. Then the second door was opened, and to the astonishment of the researchers, the child was nowhere to be found. After pondering what may have happened and calling their attorney, uh, <laughs> one researcher noticed a movement in the top of the pile. So ebullient to know that the child may have survived, they started cheering loudly. <laughs> All of a sudden, a very dirty and smelly kid popped out of the top of the pile, screaming excitedly, With all this horse manure in here, there has to be a pony in here somewhere. So there's the rub. Though we've had wonderful lives, we've had encountered our share of manure. For all in which we wallowed, somewhere therein, another door opened deprived of being able to be part of our biological grandchildren's life, we have the most beautiful God-grandchildren one could ever wish for. Losing our cherished daughter to cancer has put us in contact with other people her age who have embraced us just as we have embraced them. Becoming physically disabled brought me the opportunity to get mobility scooters, one of which is my notorious hog, which you may have seen outside. I realize now that i put over 950 miles on it, exploring the beauty that surrounds us in Bellevue. So, I keep searching for ponies. ESUC is Fertile Grazing.
1: Uh, So a few weeks back, I was on Facebook, like many of us (laughs) do, and I was scrolling and I saw this image come up of a grandfather walking hand in hand with his grandson. And I immediately paused, stopped scrolling, and because what caught my attention is the artist that had drawn drawn this picture had put an hourglass on the back of both of them. and. As you can imagine, the grandfather's sand had trickled down pretty much, well, most of it was at the bottom. And the grandsons, of course, as you can imagine, most of the sand was at the top. And I looked at that, and I looked at that, and I thought, oh, what a good image for lifespan, or lifespan. It really struck me, that, and I thought, well, I think my hourglass is probably pretty close to that grandfather's hourglass, and so I actually looked at it for a long time, contemplating that. And and out of that, I decided, well, it's time to stop postponing. Get on with it. And um, so I've been thinking about that a lot, and with the simplest things, you know, stop postponing stuff. Um, and And then I also thought, but not with this uh, with this attitude of any urgency about it, knowing that my sand is, <laughs> but with just this awareness that my time here is finite and so and so here 's another song for you. Let me get the words just a minute <laughs> all right.
3: just grow that way So it goes like it goes Like a river flows And time keeps rolling on And maybe what's good gets a little bit better And maybe Gets gone Bless the child of a working man She knows too soon Who she is It goes like a river flows, and time it rolls right on. And maybe what's good gets a little. So it goes like it goes, like a river flows, and time keeps rolling on, and maybe what's good gets a little bit better.
4: Buren's and I use he him pronouns. My experience at East Shore. I joined in 1989 and signed the member book in 1990 when my eldest was five. Everyone then had the same reason for joining, to get their kids some religious education. I joined the Parents with Young Children group, later called the Family Outing Group. We did parent and child things together, camped, met, ate, played games, as usual. Other faction in the congregation criticized us. Leon Hopper was the minister, Barbara Wells the associate. Leon used a hand puppet that looked like him called Little Leon when he was preaching. He was also the best listener I have ever met. The minister to ministers ever after he reached that status. Then Peter Luton came, a great storyteller. The kids grew. When they reached U14 soccer, they vacated to the First Church of Soccer. No more RE for them. I came for the children, I stayed for me. Almost at the same time I came, I realized my marriage was a dead end, but I stayed and I stayed. Then, nel mezzo, I fell for another woman in divorce. That took two and a half years. Then I married the other woman. Leon did the service. During the divorce, my children were profoundly alienated, but they came to my second wedding and they never left. I confused my second wife with a higher power and worshipped her. Unfortunately. I was already married to Ethel. Alcohol. So in 2013, my beloved asked me to stop drinking. On the third try, I did. Then she asked me to move out and enforced it. Lee Verling rented me a mother-in-law apartment, and I joined the UUPCC and made a pilgrimage to Transylvania. Took my stepson to, my stepson to Philmont, Scout Ranch. Lost about 30 pounds. Joined AA and started growing up. By Valentine's Day 2014, I was fairly sure there was no way back, and by September it was certain. So, I divorced again and grew some more. Some of my friends left me in the first divorce, including most of my family outing group friends. After the second, I left my covenant circle too and lost some more of my friends. I also found better friends at each juncture. The first time I was asked to join the board at East Shore, I hesitated and in 24 hours the spot was given to someone else even though I said yes. The next year I joined the board the year after Reverend Luton resigned in a crisis and after a year without a minister. My tenure on the board taught me much with an interim minister kept on for three years. Asia Hauser was the DRE, Jason Purical the executive, and controversy with the collaboration builders. My best friend created havoc and declined to take accountability damaging our friendship irreparably, and my congregation gnawed at itself. Many left, leaving a more functional group behind. I started therapy with the first marriage collapse and stopped with remarriage, then resumed and have continued. I've found a higher power, which I can call God, but since Jesus said God is love, I prefer love as the name of mine. I've learned to love myself, which required sobriety and humility and gratitude. At 70, the beginning of wisdom, I'm also celebrating 7 years of knowing my partner Leslie who lives with me and is my best friend. I'm blessed. I only know two groups of folks trying to be better people, AA and UU. I'm sticking with both. I've kept close to my sons and my stepchildren, 37, 35, 30, and 25. Blessed again. I've never had a bad day that started with gratitude and acceptance. Still trying to make the world better with healthcare IT and the eighth principal ministry team in my own way. Thank you for being an important part of my journey.
5: Good morning. I'm Evelyn Smith. And when Eric asked me if I would share an elder's perspective, I thought, what? Elder? Me? <laughs> I realized I had never thought of myself as an elder because even though my outer parts look a bit worn, my thinking still feels young. So who would be an elder, I asked myself, and the very first person who came to mind was my dear grandmother, Lily. Then I thought, oh, wait, I am a grandmother of 12 and 19-year-old boys. Maybe I do qualify as an elder. Somehow, elder implies wisdom to me. And I'm definitely still working on that one. Well, I thought about my grandmother's life. She was born in 1889, the year Washington became a state. She and my grandfather were the first people on their street to buy a car. She lived through the First World War, the 1918 flu pandemic, the Depression, World War two, the disappearance of relatives in Germany who'd spoken out against Hitler, the death of her first grandchild, and much unrest in this country. But one of the greatest days I remember with her was the day the first man landed on the moon. She was so full of wonder. My grandmother was a tremendous support to me and was someone I could talk to about many things. She was a great role model. Being born in 1943, our generation has also seen immense changes. My family traveled four times across the ocean in Army troop ships. Everyone goes by plane now. All of us rejoiced at the development of the Salk vaccine. No one even considered not taking it. We survived the Korean and Vietnam Wars and immense social unrest. We saw space exploration and the development of computers. We've seen people change their thinking about race relations sexual orientation, politics, climate change, and myriads of other things, and we can expect more in the future. I thought about my life specifically. My father was in the Army, which meant we lived in Korea from 1946 to 48, before the Korean War. I was only three when we went there, but I was extremely impressed by how poor the people were. Mind you, by any standard today, our family would have been considered as poor, so you can only imagine what the life of the Koreans were at that time. Then we lived in North Carolina from 1948 to 51. I felt shocked at the discrimination against the blacks, and I was only five when we moved there. Then from 1952 to 54, we lived in Germany. Reconstruction had not even begun after World War II. People were living in bombed out buildings and the elders, like us, were going along stooped over picking up any little scrap of wood or paper they could find to take home to burn for heat or for cooking that night. These experiences as a kid made me very aware of the suffering, physical and emotional, of others. When I was almost twelve, my dad was stationed at Fort Lewis. my parents bought a home, and Leroy sat in front of me in the sixth grade. We were very good friends, both loved school and had many friends in common. Both our families had very difficult times during our teen years, each other and our families. through these experiences, we came to know each other well and married. I think I made four major decisions in my life, which have made for a wonderful life for me. Marrying Leroy was my first really great decision, and I've been very grateful that we have had each other to work out our life issues. The second life-saving decision was to go to graduate school and get my master's in clinical social work. I learned so much about people, met some truly wonderful souls, and this prepared me for a career which I found immensely emotionally rewarding. All of those experiences I had had when I was younger had worked to develop my empathy and were true motivators in going into a helping profession. The third decision, which completely changed the lives of both Leroy and me, as it does for all parents, was to have a child. We were blessed with our wonderful daughter, Trina, and she and her husband have been blessed with two great boys, our grandsons, who give us so much joy. We're so fortunate they live within walking distance and we've been able to actively participate in their growing up. The fourth decision, which has had a profound impact on both Libra and me, was coming to East Shore nine years ago. From the first service we attended here, we felt this was the place for us. You all know that the last nine years have been difficult here in many ways, but that has been nothing compared to the difficulty in our country and indeed in the world. But as we have worked together, we've come to deeply love all of you. You have helped us expand our thinking and given us new ways for service. You've enriched our lives and our marriage. East Shore does many great things to help people connect, like this service today, which Eric orchestrated. So many activities here help us connect, deeply know, and help one another. Last year, when I was looking for an anniversary card for Leroy, I saw this mug. It said, the secret of life, spend it with your favorite people. My favorite people are Leroy, wonderful people I met through my work, Trina and family, and all of you. I think the secret of life is to spend it with people you love and admire and to work to help each other become the best people you can possibly be. And we know from past experience that we will continue to have great change that we can best navigate with the support of loving and good people. I am glad we are here with you.
6: Good morning, everyone. And Eric, thank you for inviting me to share something of my experience of aging. Actually, as Evelyn just admitted, I felt the same way. To be honest, your invitation caught me by surprise. I hadn't thought of myself as elderly. And in fact, uh, the last three years, I've been preoccupied with something else. It's not that I hadn't experienced any of the limitations of mind and body before that that typically accompany aging. But since being diagnosed with cancer in 2019 and undergoing a regimen of chemotherapy and surgeries that stretched out over the next three years, I was attributing most of my aches and pains to the side effects of medical treatment that enabled me to survive bladder cancer. Now that I've had more than six months to recover from the most recent surgery to untangle my guts, I can no longer deny that many of my limitations were predictable ones for a man who has outlived the average American life expectancy. Who am I, though, to be whining to my foxhound, Dakota, about my fatigue? when she gives me a nose bump and wants to go out for a run in the fields on a sunny day. And while I've never had her amazing olfactory senses, and she now sees and hears better than I do, I know it's in both of our best interest to let her take me out for a slow walk while I enjoy watching her joyfully running through the fields, tracking faint scents that other creatures left behind. I'm thankful though for all the supportive friends and family who have made my slow recovery and more rapid aging tolerable. Now I recognize that as long as I live I may experience new limitations of my memory, my endurance, and my activities, but I know that dwelling on my aches and pains is only going to magnify my suffering. And there's so much that I can still enjoy during the unpredictable time I have left, more than I can do. So I'm thankful to be living at a time of access to so many resources to work and play and socially engage with the world in spite of limitations to our physical and mental capabilities. A wealth of resources like virtual social gatherings and Hybrid church services like this one allow us to connect with others and pursue the activities that we value the most. We have access to digital information and entertainment far beyond what our parents had as elders and we had as children. And there is so much magnificence in the beauty of our natural environment and the miraculous life of interdependence that connects us all. So I'd like to leave you with a short verse created by the Persian Sufi mystic Huffies in the tradition of Rumi uh, back in the 14th century, but it still speaks to us today, I think. He suggests that busy minds and heavy hearts can find joy as we age. We need only remember that love is the doctrine of this church and mindfully practice love in our daily lives. Hafiz wrote, I sometimes forget that I was created for joy. My mind is too busy. My mind is too busy. My heart is too heavy for me to remember that I have been called to dance, the sacred dance of life. I was created to smile, to love, to be lifted up and to lift others up. O sacred one, untangle my feet from all that ensnares. Free my soul that we might dance and that our dancing might be contagious. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Bill and Diane and Paul virtually and Evelyn and Roger.